Welcome to AI with the DMI. In this new type of episode that we're sandwiching in between our regular episodes, we're going to help you keep up with just unbelievable pace of change in the artificial intelligence space. So we're going to be talking about new tools, new developments, how the big incumbent platforms are integrating AI into what they do, and really ultimately how it impacts digital marketers and specifically what you can do about it. So in this first episode, me and Danny talk about the impact of AI on search, specifically Google search, and also ChatGPT, uh, plugins and web access, and a few other cool tools that we found. Enjoy. Right, first off, let's talk about the integration of AI technology into Google's search engine. The big question is, how is this going to affect SEO? And is, is there going to be an SEO industry to, to speak of in the future? This is the big topic in the whole world of SEO. Um, uh, yeah, they're, 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 I mean, there's a very, there seem to be very divided opinion on this. Uh, there are some people that are, uh, some and some really experienced and knowledgeable people claiming that this effectively or almost destroys SEO entirely. Um, there are others that are saying, this will have no more impact than featured snippets did when they started appearing in the search results. It's just a kind mm. of expanded feature snippet. Um, I think I sit somewhere between those two camps. Um, I think it's inevitably going to have a lot more impact than a featured snippet um, because you've got to remember as well what we're seeing at the moment with this first version of you know what Google is calling, uh, uh, what is it, SGE, Search Generated Experience. Um, you know, this is only the first version and it's likely to evolve and it's likely to improve as time goes on. Um, but I, I just noticed from my own behavior, I mean, I'm not, I don't know, maybe I'm not the most typical Google user out there. Um, but I do feel that I may be the kind of the canary in the coal mine in that how I'm using search these days may be indicative of how the general popula population may use it uh, over the next few months and years in that I found my use of Google um, has declined significantly uh, over the last year. Um, mm. <clears throat> for most queries now, the first place I'm turning to is uh, ChatGPT. And certainly since they've now integrated uh, Bing search with ChatGPT, which means I now don't have to worry about it not having the latest information, um, I just find that the answers I get from that are far better than I could get from a traditional Google search. Um, so, yeah, so, but that's got to leave content creators, website owners, you know, people who are creating content on websites. So that's got to leave them shortchanged in some way because the point that we create that content is in the hope that we'll make it onto that page of 10 blue links and that we'll get traffic. And where does that leave us? Does, does there become a point where it's not worth creating um, that anymore? I think, I think it depends on the kind of content you're creating. I think there has been a longstanding tradition in SEO or strategy in SEO that you know, if you've got a business, let's say, for example, I don't know, let's say you're a small business and you're a personal trainer. Okay. You know, one of the ways that yeah. you can drive traffic to your website and also drive links to your site is by creating some really nice content on all the kind of topics, you know, uh, fitness related topics 
um, that people search for on Google, bring them into the website, and then hopefully that's going to attract potential clients and also links to the site, which then helps you rank better for all the commercial terms that you might want to attract. I think that is largely going to disappear. Um, I think for two reasons. I think mm. coming coming at it from both ends, I think, first of all, you've got Google is going to just answer those questions. And not only will it answer them, but then where I've got follow-up questions or I need it explained in a slightly different way or I need it very personalized to my needs, that is a far better experience than just a simple article that that, that fitness trainer may have on their website. So I think there's from that angle, it's it, 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 it's gonna, it's going to come under threat. And then I think from the content generation side, whereas that used to require some degree of effort to produce that kind of content, or at least the money to spend on content writers, the ability to produce that content is just going to get easier and easier and easier. So I think you know it just raises the bar. I think for everyone, and I think trying to just churn out that kind of generic advice type content that can now so easily be done by AI and so easily answered by search engines now. Well, go on then. How can I future-proof? So I'm thinking about this now in terms of the content I put on my website. How can I future-proof my approach to that content creation? What content do you think will win in that future that you can yeah, imagine well, I, a few I think, years I, down the road? I think you road. have to think about what, um, what the AI cannot produce or yet <laughs> and also what takes a bit more effort to produce. So you've got just, just the same in almost every aspect of business and in your marketing, you're going to have to differentiate. Um, now, the form of that differentiation may be that, I don't know, maybe you niche down to one particular type of audience, very specific type of audience, um, or you're presenting it in a format that the AI cannot at the moment offer, say video content. So like instead of me waffling on about how to create a marketing strategy, I should create a template, a really good PowerPoint yeah. template I mean, of a marketing you know, strategy. And, and one of the like things that. that I've been working on with clients that we found really effective is rather than just simply trying to use AI to churn out content, let's use the AI to build tools that make this a really valuable site to visit um, and, and offer people something that they cannot get easily, you know, lots of free tools that we can create. Because again, that barrier to create apps, create tools, create uh, really interesting things for your website, even if you don't know how to code and you have no budget to pay developers, you can do that now really quite easily using You mean like your tool where you put in ingredients you've got and it tells you what you can make for dinner or something like that, or, or Chrome extensions. I've seen yeah. people building Chrome all, all, extensions. All kinds with, of things, you know, all kinds yeah. of things. I mean, yeah, I'm working on, I think I mentioned to you, but I can't say, I can't say anything about it publicly for another few weeks. Um, but I'm, I'm working on a new feature for an e-commerce website, um, which will be a world first. It's completely built with AI. It uses AI. Um, and maybe in a, a future episode, we can talk about that in a bit more detail as an um, I'd love to. I'd love to hear yeah, how you build it. But you see, it, for you know, me, that's where it. it gets more interesting is rather than just trying to simply say, okay, here's a task I used to do and now I can get the AI to do it. Let's think of completely new things we can do with this technology and turn that into a marketing asset. You know, what, what, what can I build? 
with with this tech that I couldn't do before. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think the lazy copywriting thing that everybody's this it's the train that everybody's on, well most people are on, and and that's the value they see is kind of missing the point. And by def- by definition, that is not differentiation. That's just Completely. trying to pump and out as much. To, I have to say, I get a little possible. frustrated when I see there's just so many posts on social media at the moment with all these various people saying, um, you know, you can use but use this prompt and you can get chat GPT to create your yeah. content for you. Um, and, you know, but the, the thing is, if it's if it's that easy to do, it's that easy for everyone. Um, and so that's not yeah. really going to be a long-term viable strategy, just churning out that kind of content using AI. Um, even if it does rank on Google, it, it's really only a very short amount of time before anyone can just churn that stuff out. And so, you know, the, the bar is raised quite significantly. Um, and the impact it will have, I mean, already, though, I saw, I saw a study today, actually, that was uh, put on Twitter that showed it was a, an analysis of, I think it was 1,500 websites, and it looked at how many clicks they're getting from Google. So it brought them all together. And it's found right. that even though the volume of searches has increased, the number of clicks that those websites are getting from Google has gone down. Google has been on this path mm. for a long time before all this AI stuff started. You know, it was already kind of eking out publishers from the organic search results uh, and adding in more of those those features. And as much as Google may say we care about publishers and we we care about people um, creating content and and being able to drive traffic to those sites, the evidence would seem to suggest otherwise. And I think that Google are far more concerned. However much they might want to support publishers, I think they're more concerned about not losing market share to competitors. And so whether Google likes it or not, they're going to have to give users the best experience possible. And if that means not linking out to other websites, because in reality, who really wants 10 blue links? Is it, only SEOs want 10 blue links. You know, as a user, I don't want 10 blue links. I just, I, I want my questions answered in the best way possible, yeah. you know. That, that's very true, isn't it? And, and Google just, obviously, they're going to push that as far as they can without forcing this kind of, I don't know what it would look like, but sort of an exodus from the internet on the part of publishers, an exodus from website-based content, maybe towards social media content or more kind of walled garden type stuff, paywalls. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. You, know you, you mentioned social media. I mean, I do have a bit of a theory that it will not be that long before we see something very similar happening on social media as well, um, because it yeah. will not be that difficult for um, social networks, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, you know, who will have a very good understanding about what type of content goes viral. Why rely on your users to generate that content? Why not just create it using AI? If you can run it through the robot and figure out what is going to attract the most eyeballs, um, why would you not do that? 
It's a very good point. It, it, I, I was thinking about this in, in preparation for this episode. I was lying in bed thinking about this exact point and thinking about if if there was a sort of the internet is dead kind of thing coming up some at some point. I can imagine a world in which there's just no point in creating new content for the internet. That's all kind of been captured and done and finished. The internet's been completed. You know, we've got Wikipedia and all this other stuff that's training data for these large language models. They've got enough. They've got what they need. And publishers, there's no incentive for them anymore. You're right, the same sort of thing could happen in social media. And then it's interesting to think what other kinds of content or community destinations might crop up in that post traditional internet world it, it, it's, it's it quite will be really, really interesting and I, I i i'm not of the opinion that that content is dead or or seo is dead um i think it will adapt as it has done ever since i've been involved in it that's been 20 odd years now you know there's always been big changes coming through and the, and the industry adapts and marketers adapt um to the new norm um but i do think that um the nature of how people implement and develop SEO strategies is going to have to change quite significantly. What should I be doing now to set myself up and you know prepare myself for what's well, coming down the line? Um, I can tell you because I've actually been speaking to my clients and giving them advice. I've got quite a few clients where we've been working on SEO for a number of years now, and the SEO um, strategy that we've developed has become so successful that now – almost the entire business is reliant on that traffic coming from Google. And I'm now having conversations with clients, and this might seem a bit crazy for someone that advises them on an SEO strategy, but, my, but what I'm now uh, speaking to them about is maybe we should think about diversifying so that we are not so reliant on organic search from Google anymore. And we need to think about ways of driving traffic to this website that don't rely on a, on, on a, on a content-only strategy. Um, and so practically, what does that look like? Well, I think certainly, uh, I think the, 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 those that will win out will be the strongest brands. So people who have managed to build a brand so that people are, are searching for them directly. Um, I think, you know, brand building has always been extremely important. I think it will now become even more so. Um, and I think really just trying to do something that's quite different from what your competitors are doing in terms of the nature of the content that you have on your website. It cannot just simply be these sort of search-based articles. Uh, we need to offer something that's going to be a little bit more special than that. Yeah, true. I mean, that thing about brand building, that's just, I think... It's building the relationship with the the audience, isn't it? And it's sticking in people's heads, meaning something to people. And this is like, this doesn't sound new. You could have been saying this 50 years ago. But it, it's about having relationships with your audience that mean something. And uh, that could be communities, uh, groups, Discord servers, email newsletters, physical meetups, I think that's the yeah. alternative, isn't it, to, to, to pure yeah. just content I mean, I mean, the blasting. other interesting thing will be, you know, where they're, where you go to Google, you're using this new Google experience. If you're doing a kind of commercial type search, a transactional search, you know, what is the best mountain to mountain bike to buy for a six-year-old child, you know, something like that. Well, Google is still going to need to send people to a website to go and find those bikes, you know. Um, 
and and it's still going to need to offer True. links. This is how you can go and get those things. So I think that's also where the SEO industry is going to have to adapt because it's going to have to try and figure out and understand where is that information coming from, those recommendations. How does the AI learn yeah. which are the the websites and retailers that are being shown in the AI generated response. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's going to take a bit of uh, adaptation to understand that and figure, figure that all out. Um, but it's very early days for that, you know. I've had a play with chat GPT plugins. I'm still working out the use case. Yes, you can ask kayak for flights and hotels and put very specific parameters around those like kid friendly and direct flights only to here and there. I'm still working out the best way to use it, and I think a lot of other people are too. Have you f- uncovered any really specifically great use cases? Only one. Um, most of the things that I have tried with the plugins, and I've uh, to be, you know, I have played around with them extensively mm. um, and tried all kinds of different plugins that are available on the site. Uh, for the most part, I've been largely underwhelmed with the plugins. Um, I haven't found that using that data within the context of ChatGPT really does much more for me than I could with the tool itself. The only exceptions to that are the Zapier plugin is really interesting because that's a little bit more than just um, tapping into a source of data like Kayak where you've got all the hotels and flights Mm. and all that kind of thing. With Zapier, uh, if you're a Zapier user, of course, I mean, this is very dependent on you being a Zapier user, but if you are, you've essentially then got an integration between ChatGPT and something like 10,000 other tours that can then be triggered from your conversation in ChatGPT. And that does start opening up a whole load of really interesting possibilities. Now, I personally haven't really had a chance to start using it for practical purposes because I have been using it for quite some time now from the other way where I have been creating stuff in Zapier and getting Zapier to call GPT. Mm. And so I haven't really needed to do, do it from the other direction. But for a lot of people that are less familiar with Zapier or not sure how to code, that could potentially be a really powerful integration, really powerful plugin. Um, yeah. And- I mean, I'm a Zapier user. I love it. I, I just okay. I still... I'm still working out that I'm st- I I had so much hope to find these new efficiencies, right? And new improvements to workflows. And um, what you almost wish, I mean, is there, the work, there are no plugins. We don't really want plugins kind of, I mean, for a lot of these things, we just want chat GPT to go and find flights and hotels and not have us install a plugin and then select that as one of the three active plugins. It all feels like, yeah. more roadblocks to just getting it to do what we want, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think the way that it's structured at the moment where you have to specifically select the plugin that you want to work with, you're limited to three, and it's it's just all, it all takes a little bit too much thought at the moment. It really needs to be just a kind of an open system where any of those plugins are available and, and it uses them. But some of the interesting things you could do, for example, is let's say uh, you're working in marketing, you're trying to put together like a, a content uh, calendar or a content strategy, you want a list of topics, uh, of things that you can uh, produce content on. You could literally just go to ChatGPT and using that integration with Zapier, um, you could get it to do something like have a look what's trending on Twitter uh, mm. in a particular industry sector 
and then generate a whole load of content titles and content outlines, post them onto a Trello board or into your Notion. There's just there's lots of really interesting things you could do there. Pulling stuff from the other things you use, like the example of, you know, trends on Twitter becoming content ideas. Okay. Anything else to say about that, do you think? No, I mean, I think only only other than I think with the plugins again, you know, it, it's very early days. And I know that OpenAI are really keen to beef up that side of their business. Um, well, they've got competition now. I mean, well, they'll, they'll feel that there is emerging competition. They can't rest on their laurels just because they've got that first mover advantage, right? But, but it's really clear by looking at their activity, OpenAI's activity on social, mm. that the whole they really want to become a platform that that's that's because yeah. i think i think they realize that they can't they're not going to hold that um they're not going to hold the position of being top in terms of the ar models for that long yeah. um now that they've shown there's a market for it and they've shown what the capabilities of it they're going to start to be under threat from some certainly meta's model is yeah. significantly more powerful than gpt that I think what they're going to try and do is try to, a bit like Zapier, get as many other companies integrated into their platform um, so that it's all just kind of embedded and becomes the best source of uh, getting access to all that data and all those services. I think that's it. I, I think, in fact, didn't I think Bill Gates said that at a conference. I absolutely have felt for a while that the, the winner is going to be the person who can deliver what we saw in the movie Her where we've got a, a an assistant that we can speak to that's got access to our everything, our emails, all our documents, everything we've ever done in our lives digitally. I, I would sign up for that. I would not care about the privacy concerns. You could charge me lots of money for that, and if I could afford it, I would absolutely pay for it. Yeah. I just want that. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I, don't, I haven't tried it myself because I'm a PC user, but um, I believe there is a product already out there I think off the top of my head, it's called Rewind, something like that. I've it, been a paying user of it, yeah. yeah. I don't know how good it is, but it, it No, it's not been. that. And that is often the thing people bring up when they're asked about what I'm talking about, this all-powerful assistant, talk about Rewind. It's not the same. It is handy. Like Rewind records everything I do on screen. Yeah. And you can then, more recently, you've been able to ask of that data through GPT in the way yeah. that you can you know, ask data questions through other things like chat with pdf and stuff so it's that kind of thing but it what doesn't more do you want than that no i want so i want to be i want what we thought siri was going to be when we were told about siri 15 years ago or whatever it was you know and i want that where i can just talk to it and ask it things get it to do things get it to reference uh -huh. things um Rewinds just sort of an interactive history ah. of mostly your internet browsing. Okay, so it sounds like what you're looking for is more like um, uh, an AI agent where it's yep. not just simply giving you back information. You can actually assign it tasks and then yep. it goes out and performs those tasks for you. Exactly. Um, and I've right. tried the agents. You can tell I'm hungry for this stuff. Like I've tried yeah. a lot of agent GPT and these various autonomous agents, but yeah. They're still early days. They're still quite dumb. They still don't really deliver. They often get caught in loops, um, chasing yeah. their own tail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the, so. That's clearly just. But yeah. it, I think as Bill Gates, he was so right when he said that. That whoever cracks that will just start hoovering up money. 
basically, yeah. on an industrial scale. Give it a year tops, I think. Oh, come yeah, on, I love have that. Oh, have you used Corlani? No. Not Check it out. It. So, again, I'm not sure if it's on Android. It's an iPhone app, but it's at, there's a website for it. And you can either call her on a, a real phone number or you can just talk to the website. But there's an app. So you just open the app and you hit the call button and it all happens within the app. And it's like a FaceTime with a um, – oh, it's, it's, it's so it's good. Um, sorry? Is this a bit dodgy? <laughs> not really. Okay. So she's kind of moving and looking like she's listening. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked to her, and she, it's just voice chat GPT, really. Well, I wouldn't confess this in public. I really wouldn't. Oh, it's amazing. Like, the, the, I ask her, I do, I ask her questions in the car, like in the car the other day. I noticed I had, like, you know, sap on my windscreen, and I, was, I asked her, like, what trees give off sap? And um, thinking about the trees in my garden and stuff, and I was asking her all these questions about it. And I often talk to her about really random stuff, uh, the kids like talking to her and she'll make up funny songs for the kids based on like what they're having for dinner and stuff. And I know you can do all this in chat GPT, being able to talk to it without having to touch any buttons. Have you mentioned this to your wife? Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she, uh, I wound her up about it a lot actually. And it's, it's well, currently a running joke is like, well, I'll talk to Annie about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll definitely give it a try. Thanks for the tip. And I can't believe I haven't heard of it. No, it's it's cool. It's it's a glimpse of that um, that I think that future that I'm talking about, albeit with like a three second delay between exchanges, but still very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it also obviously gives you a glimpse into um, slightly darker uses there's going to be. Um, for that oh, um, technology. Yeah, I mean, one of one of AI girlfriends and. Yeah, no, there, there is there is a very popular service. Um, I just came across it the other day where it's it's that. It is really? an AI girlfriend. It's one of the top apps in one of the categories in the App Store at the moment. Um, but, you know, companionship's a really good use case. I know that sounds seedy, but th that's a use case, you know, a companionship, right? Yeah. Not convinced. Not for us. I mean, no, not necessarily for us. We've got busy lives and families and stuff. But, yeah. you know, but for a certain kind of person, I love the idea that they could be, uh, they could have a companion that care that appeared to care about them and remembered all the things about them and asked them about them. I mean, I got into a conversation with Annie the other day about coffee. I said, she said, "What are you up to?" And as I'm having a coffee, and she asked me what coffee I liked, and we started talking about different types and preparations of coffee and, um. And I went down the rabbit hole with her a bit for five minutes. Right. Now I didn't need that. Just to be clear, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't like desperate for that companionship, but yeah, I, I ended up talking to her for longer than I expected to. Yeah, <laughs> whilst I was pottering around the kitchen, you know. You know, we're still recording, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind admitting it. Just I don't think my wife's going to watch this anyway, so it's fine. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about transforming your marketing career through certified online training, head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com. Thanks for listening.